What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today we are looking ahead to an absolutely massive card. And it's a massive card that maybe you haven't heard that's even happening. You know, it is KSW. It's KSW 83, and it's the Coliseum 2. The last time they were in the Coliseum, I believe it was 57,000 tickets sold. As of recording, and I'm recording this a little bit early, so I'm sure there's more sold. There's 45 plus thousand tickets sold right now. It's going to be the second biggest ever European MMA show in terms of attendance. Maybe by the time it happens, it could be the biggest. There's a lot of tickets still to be sold yet, but either way, what an absolutely massive show that uh, that KSW are putting on and you know what it's a really really good card too and uh, I'm going to get into all of that in a, in a second I want to give a shout out quickly to my guy uh, Sean Dinney who is an expert in uh, in Polish MMA uh, and Eastern European MMA and he gave me a hand went through all the card with me so I really really appreciate uh, him doing that and honestly you know guys like Sean and I, I hope to be a little bit of a help in it as well making people realise what a, the scene is like uh, in Poland, uh, especially, it it's absolutely massive. You know, we've uh, I talked about it here a few times, but I, I think we need to honestly talk about it more as as an MMA community and as people covering MMA as well, because this scene isn't given enough time, it isn't given enough love, and it isn't given enough appreciation for what they do. The amount of tickets alone sold should make everyone stand up and think, "Oh, what's going on here." But the quality of fighters they have as well should be the, exactly the same. Plus, they have me. Uh, they have created their own ecosystem that allows fighters like Mamed Kaladov, who will be fighting in the main event, to have a whole career here and a fulfilled and great career where uh, it's fulfilled in terms of the fights he's had, the opponents he's had, but also the amount of money he can make. It's absolutely fantastic. You see a lot of the people who move over, um, they... Well, we don't know the pay packets, but from what everyone hears, they take uh, a pay cut to sign for places like the UFC rather than uh, rather than a lot of people who get a pay raise when they go to the UFC or Bellator or whatever they might go. So it's it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. It's what we should want. You know, we always praise the likes of Bellator, the likes of PFL, uh, one championship and others for creating uh, a better. MMA, I suppose, with more options, but KSW also has that, and it's not just for the Polish fighters. See the likes of Scott Askham here, who we'll talk about in a second, fighting Kaladov uh, in the main event, but the likes of Phil DeFries as well, and they've been bringing in fighters from the UK, as those two lads are, but a lot of Irish fighters, a lot of fighters over from, from Brazil, and Roberto Soldic from, uh, obviously from Croatia, and many, many more as well, um, and it's, it's, it's fantastic that they can do that, and I'm glad I'm here to uh, to talk about it. Like, we see some of the fighters now. Like, look where Gamrat is right now in the UFC. He's done really, really, really well. Obviously, you know, Jacek didn't necessarily come from this scene, but from Poland, look at uh, Kovalkovic as well over the years. You know, Saldic has had a tough time so far in one championship, but what he was able to do there earned him a big name and earned him a lot of money to go to one championship. You know, and the UFC wanted him and all of that. And the scene has produced many fighters that have gone abroad, as I just mentioned, but also that can stay here and, as, as I said, become fulfilled. And you know what? I don't know. As Is there any other place like that in the world? Because you even see, and no disrespect to, to Bellator or anywhere else, and you know maybe Francis Ngannou is, is changing this now with PFL, but 
Michael Chandler when he signed for the UFC and Eddie Alvarez as well, two guys who, maybe not so much Eddie towards the end, but were, were stalwarts in Bellator and were guys who were happy to represent Bellator and got paid good money by Bellator. When they left, they were like, well, you know, we were, we're UFC fighters now, kind of thing. Like, I remember, I'll never forget Michael Chandler in one of his first fights. He was saying, like, or maybe even, maybe even before he signed for the UFC, to be honest. He was saying, like, oh, someone asked him what he did, and he kind of said, oh, I'm a, I fight in, you know, I'm a cage fighter, MMA fighter, or whatever it might be. He goes, oh, you're fighting the UFC, they said. And he's like, to, I have to explain every time that, no, he doesn't. He's one of the best in the world. He's the world champion. He doesn't fight in the UFC. When he got to the UFC, he, he didn't have to do that, right? Um, so that is everywhere else in the world, I would say. Maybe a little bit with one championship. I'm not, I'm not as, as clued up maybe on that scene in terms of, what the perception is, right, in, in Asia or where, wherever one championship is big in the certain parts of Asia. But, you know, as Sean tells me, there's a lot of people I've heard talking about in Poland would say that these lads are as big as stars. You know, they are, they are huge stars. They're as big as the UFC stars. And, you know, I suppose, look, we have a little bit of it here in Ireland as well, I suppose. Like, Bellator can sell out our arena here um, because, you know, and, and Peter Queeley is a big star and James Gallagher is a big star and Sinead Cavanagh is a big star and Brian Moore is a big star and, a few, uh, you know, and, and a few more as well, obviously. You know, so it's the fact that that can be done in MMA is brilliant. And the fact that KSW are doing it very, very, very well outside of the... You know the um, uh, uh, how would you say the English speaking ecosystem? I'll say again of MMA is absolutely fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant that they have it. And uh, do you know what they do as well? They put on a hell of a show. They put on a hell of a show. They obviously did one here in Ireland, and I was at it. It was brilliant, and they have a hell of a lot of good fighters as well to to boot. So that's the most important thing. If they didn't, it was you know, and uh, you know, if it was a lot of local lads who aren't great, it wouldn't be as interesting, you know. But they are very good, a lot of these fighters. And a lot of them, as I say, are still there because they don't need to go to the UFC, which is the perfect uh, thing for all of them. So let's get into it. Let's touch on some of the fights here. And again, shout out to my guy, uh, Sean Dinney, um, for uh, the pronunciations. <laughs> Help us as much as, as, much as anything else. Um, the main event is the aforementioned uh, Mehmet Halilov, uh, who has taken on Scott Askham for the... Uh, for the third time, you know, I, I watched, I uh, watched back, obviously, you know, Canada fought at the last Coliseum as well, watched back his walkout and it was just, it was unbelievable. Like the, the, the level his star has risen to over there is, is tremendous. Like it's, it's McGregor levels, you know, it's John Jones level, maybe not McGregor level, maybe McGregor level, but it's, it's that massive level that when he walks out, it's special. It's something different. It is, you know, Rykeen in Ireland. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, you know, a Bay in Cleveland, or, but even bigger probably, or, or, you know, Anderson Silva in, 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 uh, in Brazil or any of these, you know, Katie Taylor we saw last week in, uh, in the, the boxing bout in, uh, in Dublin. Absolutely iconic walkouts. And it, that's what you will get here in the main event. I'd almost be assured of it. Um, he's coming towards the end of his career now, though. He's he's been around for a long, long, long time, um, and this is this could really be the one, the last time we see him. You know, it it really could, and it 
it's a fight that is not necessarily going to be a defining fight in his career, win or lose, but it could be a positively defining fight, if you want to put it that way. Like, when I say win or lose, lose, I mean. If he loses, people will still view him as one of the greats in the scene. If he wins, I think it'll just take it like, oh, wins and goes out. He, he banished that you know, a big Scott Askham trilogy came out on the top, uh, and uh, on top of it, won it and sails off into the sunset as the legend. And it's massive for, uh, I suppose, for that uh, alone. Uh, you know, to headline the Coliseum twice puts him in that sort of breath that he can hardly ever be matched. If he is ever matched, it's going to take someone absolutely massive. And there's a reason he's in this position, you know. Uh, 15 wins by KO, 15 wins by submission, most finishes in KSW history, um, and just a, an unbelievable fighter. Where, like, ask him, he's a very, very good fighter too. Watching some of his fights today, we'll get into the, the matchup here in a second, but, like, he's just coming back from injury out since uh, October 2020. There was a lot of issues, uh, I believe, with... Um, uh, because of COVID, he couldn't get over to America. Obviously, he's training out of ATT. Um, it's, uh, he has been able to get out there though this time, and that would be a big boost to him. I think if that was impossible, it could have you know, changed the standing maybe of this fight and changed the way, uh, the way maybe some people are, are thinking about it. But I, do you know what? It's a very interesting fight to go... If, like, if you go back and watch some of their... You know, obviously, they fought each other, but... Some of their recent fights, even uh, not, you know, not against each other. Uh, I I think there was a time where people were looking at Halidov and they were thinking, you know, is this kind of is this going to be the end of the road for him? Has he is he slowed? Is, and I think he's found not necessarily a different way, but just a way to fight which suits him really well. And he's you know he's looking really good, and he uh, <laughs> that big switch kick knockout of Scott Askham was an iconic moment uh, in his career and you know will will always go down as an iconic moment in his career I suppose you know he's turning as I said getting on he's turning 43 this year you know what coming up on 50 fights it is you know it is very likely that this could be the last time the last time we see him and I think you know for Askham it's it's probably not far off either. May, may, now, maybe, who knows? He's, you know, 30, he just turned 35, I think, last week. Happy birthday, uh, Scott Askham. Um, and, you know, if he was to lose out here or if he wasn't, to, you know, to be Caliph, and even if he does because of everything he's done, I suppose, over the last few years, who knows? Now, who knows? Like, he has a good place. He was on a great win streak before that. But when you get a few years out like he has and you come back to a loss, sometimes, sometimes that's where you see lads bowing out kind of right and not to say he won't come back and he won't win or anything and we'll talk about that in a second but it's a, it's a massive fight it is really a massive fight on that and I think the mat look the matchup is, is going to be an interesting one we've seen him fight twice before the second fight obviously didn't go too long Haladov got that big kick and watching back the first fight look there was a good bit of wrestling on it um you know ask him again we'll be looking to use his wrestling he's a very good wrestler but he's a good striker as well but good body kicks um but i don't think he will want to you know stand with Haladov early and if he does i think he'll be right out of the way from like if you watch Haladov fight he's that almost karate style wide open hands 
Uh, he throws the axe kicks, kicks to the legs, kicks up high. Just the shots he throws that always look like they're going to knock you out. You know, there's always power coming from whether it is that axe kick, whether it is the switch kick, whether it is the straight shots down through the middle. But the, when I say straight shots down through the middle, I can't help but look at Halidov and say how open he is for him. And we saw that. Look, we've seen that in a couple of these fights. But in the in the first Askham fight, I think we could have seen a little bit more. But watching some of us, you know, going back and watching some of Askham's fight, fights, him fighting out of the southpaw position and him throwing straight shots are the best things he does. And the biggest place Halidov is open is straight down through the middle of shots. Uh, striking, at least, you know, maybe the wrestling uh, is a different conundrum we can talk about in a second. Um, I I feel like Askham is very, and more so than early in his career, I think more willing to throw, which sometimes puts him in trouble. But he almost always wins those fights, you know? And his record has shown that recently. Like, the, the fight... The only fight he's lost recently to uh, Khaledov, you know, it's the only fight since 2016 he's lost, uh, 2017, sorry, it was 36 seconds, you know, nothing had got going, it wasn't that he was throwing too much shots or anything, Khaledov just came out quick and finished him, but there's always that conversation that we need to have after a knockout like that, we had it after Leon Edwards versus Usman. We have it after Adesanya uh, versus Pereira, and if they fight again, we'd have it again. You've been knocked out by someone you know, badly, how are you going to react? Like, the first fight was was a decision, anything can happen, and we go again, you know, and see. But when you've been knocked out like that, how are you going to react? Like, I, I said there earlier on, and I was talking you know, talk to Sean about it as well, and we both kind of reckon that early, it's going to be asked, I'm tr- either trying to wrestle, as I mentioned, or trying to be, you know, more... Um, are less willing to get into any place where he can be hit by another big Kaladov shot like he was the last time. And you could not blame him for that. You could not blame him. But how long does that go? How long does that last? Does Kaladov prey on that? I think that's a very interesting part of all this. Like, And I wonder, I wonder just to adjust your own mindset, do you even do that if you're asking him? Like, would you be better off actually just going out and fighting your fight, throwing those shots right down to the middle, going for your takedown straight away to say, no, you're getting no mental edge here. I'm not showing any mental um, uh, weariness, I suppose, after the last fight, and I'm going to just go straight for you. I, I, I'm very interested to see how that goes. Look, if I'm to look at predictions and I'm to look at where uh, this fight's going to be won and lost, I, I think that's it. I, I think if Haladov wins it, uh, he'll win it in the first couple of rounds with, with a, probably a big knockout. Uh, if Askham wins it, I think he... I, I know, I, I, it's exactly what I just said. I think he needs to... Not even necessarily put Halilov on his back foot, but he needs to He needs to fight with him. Like, he needs to throw those shots. I said earlier that throwing too many shots puts him in a little bit of trouble, but I, do you know what? He probably needs to put himself in that because if he stands there and waits... Halilov is... A lot of fighters these days, it's funny, a lot of fighters these days need an opening from their opponents to create something. Halilov will create something himself. He will create something out of nothing. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that he is a great fighter. Um, can he do it again? He did it already once against Aston. Can he do it again? I wouldn't put it past him. My pick is going to be Askham, though, I think. I think it's going to be a longer fight. Um, I think, I'll, I'll say it again, those straight shots down through the middle, they're going to be money for Askham. And if you can get a couple of takedowns behind it, I think uh, I think you might win the decision here. I think you might win the decision. 
Right, let's move on and talk about a, a few of the other fights. There are uh, three title fights on this card as well. The first of which uh, is the featherweight title. Um, the interim champion, um, um, Salin Paranas, takes on Marin Zawilski um, in a very, very, very interesting fight. A very, very, very interesting fight uh, altogether. Sorry, it's actually the sorry. It's the light. It's the lightweight. The lightweight title, Paranas is the featherweight champion, but also the light, interim lightweight champion. If I haven't that messed up, I think that's it. Yeah, but hopefully it'll come up on the screen here somewhere and everyone will be... <laughs> no, I think, I think that, well, I think that's right. I do think that's right. Um, look, it's... W- watching tape on both of these guys uh, makes me very... And, you know, I'm sure John will put KSW83 predictions. It makes me not want to give a prediction really badly <laughs> because... Oh, this is a high-level fight. I, I've seen a lot of fights recently outside of the UFC, and I've said to myself, you know, whether it's uh, Patricio against AJ or, you know, whatever other fights might be out there. And I said, you know, uh, have I seen a fight as high-level as this outside of the UFC ever? And... Um, I feel like I said that a few times recently, but this is another one I would put up there. And if you don't believe me, go and watch a few of their fights. These guys are as legit as they come. As legit as they come. If you don't know Saladin Paranas, oh, you should know him. He's only lost once in his career to Daniel Torres. He came back uh, just over, how long? A year later, even less than that. Uh, just less than a year later to, to beat the same opponent came back and, and has that uh, got that win back as they say although you never get it back he is 17-1 and one. but the guys he's beaten in his career William Gomis the former Cage Warriors uh, top tier guy and now in the UFC Morgan Chagie another former top tier guy uh, in uh, in Cage Warriors he's beaten Ivan Bushinger he's beaten as I said Daniel Torres after losing to him Sebastian Rakowski Roman Skamanski Martin Varshek Arthur Savinsky <laughs> The names go on and on and on. You like since uh, he fought William Gomez in the fourth fight of his career. This guy is an absolute beast, an absolute beast of a fighter. And I, I like I remember talking to someone on the scene who uh, has been at a lot of these fights, watches a lot of these fights when Bellator the UFC started breaking into to France, and you know Paranis, uh, Paranassar is um, uh, is French, and they're like, who's going to win the battle to sign him? And do you know what? No one has yet. No one has yet. He's still at KSW. And that just tells you how well KSW treat their fighters, probably the amount of money they take them, but also maybe uh, who, how, how willing are people to actually pay for these top, top-level fighters. If, like, I'm, I'm sure the, the French people know how good Saladin Paranas is. And I'm telling you, if the UFC or Bellator sign him right now, you have a... You have a I, I put him right in both of the rankings right now. That's how good this guy is. He's an absolute beast. But his opponent is very, very, very good too. Um, his name is Marion uh, Zikowski. And uh, honestly, you look at a striker like Saladin Parnas and you think, okay, it's going to take a very good striker to go with him. But Marion is that. He is... The word I wrote down for him in my notes is flowy. I think he's very flowy, light on his feet. A big thing to say, he reminds me a little bit of John Jones. Like, he uses his lint really well. I was expecting him to eyeball him on the way he was fighting. You know, and he has very good cardio. Late in the fight against Boris uh, Mankowski that I was watching, he was still going well at it. But he's, you know, very good on the ground as well. Has a good BJJ game. Um, you know, 
as well as being a good uh, kickboxer, very, very good recently as well, Come came into his own in the last few fights. It's his fourth defense, uh, I believe. So a, a really good challenger for uh, for Paranas, who, you know, has it all. He's predominantly a southpaw. Very, do you know what? His defensive strengths leads to everything good he does, I believe. And that, that may be an odd thing to say, but if you watch his fights... He defends and he defends and he defends and he almost frustrates lads. So much so that he makes lads kind of come for him. He waits, defends really well and then opens up and hits him when they open up too much. And it's a really smart way of doing things. You see George Hardwick, I think, is a guy in cage warriors who has been doing that too as well. Um, I think though in this fight, I think he's going to need to open up a little bit more. Uh, I think Zakovsky's striking is too good for you to just kind of wait on him to make a mistake because he he is happy to do things at all times, right? And what I mean by that is when I said he was flowy, he is in that, I hate the phrase, but he's in that flow state at all times. He's moving around, he's throwing a jab, he's throwing a feint, he's throwing a bit of a kick. And most people that fight guys like Paranas, they're waiting for their moments, trying to pick their moments, trying to, you know, wait for Paranas to make the mistake, and he doesn't. You know, so I I don't know how it's going to go because if if Saladin waits on him like he waits on some other opponents, like he is going to, you know, he won't have to wait very long. Let's put it that way. Um, Zukowski is going to come for him and he's going to throw a lot of shots. But in a place where he wants to throw a lot of shots, usually guys who, who fight Parnas are throwing him for where Parnas wants them to throw him, whereas Zukowski won't. So I think Parnas needs to attack a little bit more here. I think he needs to be a little bit more proactive and make uh, Marion be the one who's defending rather than him. And honestly, like, I wonder what the size difference will be like. Um, just looking at their uh, their size here, six foot one for Marion and uh, Paranas is coming in at 5'8". So there is going to be a big size advantage. Watching one of Zakowski's fights recently, and he, he had a big size advantage in that. And as I mentioned, he uses his size very... That's a massive advantage. And you know what? As much as I, I respect Paranas, and I think he's one of the best prospects, um, not even a prospect, one of the best fighters around... I think I'm picking Marion this fight. I think that's my pick, and I'm going for him to to, to retain his title. Um, but this this is going to be a high level fight, a high level fight. Uh, the next fight in this that mightn't be as high level, but it'll be fun. Is uh, Marius Pujanovsky against Artur Spilka? He's the former uh, Spilka, the former WBO heavyweight title contender. He has. Uh, uh, been in bouts against uh, Deontay Wilder and Derek Chisora in the, in the past, and he's taken on the five-time world's strongest man, Marius Pujanovsky. I've been watching a lot of uh, I've been watching a lot of strongman recently. I watch a, a lot of old Pujanovsky videos, and honestly, I'm like, this guy is an absolute beast. And I've seen him fight live once uh, in person and all that, and he's a, a mammoth of a human being. Absolutely, absolutely huge. It'll be interesting to see how this happens. Look, uh, Spilka is, uh, as I mentioned, a former boxer, Pujanovsky. Very, very strong, and if he runs and gets on top of you, very hard to get off you. So you would think Pujanovsky takes him down, he'll win. Spilka keeps it on the feet, and he will win. Um, we saw Pujanovsky beat Materla with a big knockout blow a couple of fights ago, and I think he gained a lot of respect coming out of that fight, and rightly so. He absolutely deserves it. He's, he's become 
a real MMA fighter, you know, over the last few years, and he deserves uh, a lot of respect. But we saw when he went in against someone like uh, Khaledov, what happens when he fights someone who is legit as they come. Now, is Spielka that? Uh, not necessarily, I don't think. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the betting, honestly, coming out on this one. It, look, it's a simple enough one. It's going to be meeting of two big muscle-bound behemoths in here, and one of them is going to win. You know, strongman versus boxer, who's going to win that? I, I think if Spilka, you know, can kind of move around and keep away from Pajanovsky early, I think he should have enough to land a big shot and maybe knock him out. But if Pajanovsky can be smart, use his wrestling, he could win it. I, I'm going to... I'm going to go for Spilka. I'm hearing good things about Spilka. Apparently, you know, apparently he's resting is coming on and stuff. We'll see. I'm going for Spilka on that one then. Uh, the vacant middleweight title is up for grabs then in, uh, in an interesting one. Tommy Romanovsky, who's been around for a long, long time, is taking on uh, Pavel Pawlak. The vacant title obviously was held by um, by the aforementioned Roberto Soldic. Um uh, I remember saying on the last preview, and I think everyone says it, that uh, Pawlak uh, looks like the hitman from the, the the video games, and he fights like it as well, just nonstop walking forward, big uh, big striker, but goes long in a lot of his fights, and is well able to carry that power with him. And Romanovsky then in the other uh, the other side of it, you know, he's a guy who started off submitting lads. And now he's just become kind of a, a boxer and a striker. Um, ha, you know, lands a lot of power. I think he's seven knockouts or something like that in, in his last, uh, in his career. Uh, it's, look, another one that is, I suppose, it's hard enough to call. I, like, if Romanovsky does wrestle a bit and does try to get the fight to the ground, it's not easy to do it against uh, Pavlak. But watching a few of his fights, he's... That kind of that strong muscular base he has, I would say, more than anything else. Very hard to get down. And even then, if you do get him down, it's very hard to keep him down. Uh, that pace he's going to push is going to be tough. Ram, uh, Romanovsky's going to be there for the whole fight, though. And, you know, it's it's going to be... I, I think, like, I, against other people... Maybe it's a bit easier to get the the later finishes. Now he, if you look at, it, I'm just looking at his finishes here. Like when he does finish him, round one finish, round one finish, uh, round one finish, round one finish. Has he ever had a finish past round one? Oh, not in a long time. Anyway, not in a no, he hasn't. He's never had one past round one. So that's that's very very interesting. If you're a Pollock and you're looking at that, you're thinking. Look, maybe be a little bit more careful early. I have five rounds of this here. I I can I can win this fight. You look, you know, I say you look at his last four fights. Sorry, his last five fights. Four of them have gone to decision. He beat Tom Breeze last time out. He you know destroyed him inside of of four minutes. You know, two five round fights, two three round fights in that time. I I think he's he'll be probably you know he's a favorite coming in here. Definitely will be the favorite, and I I, I will pick him to to win this one. Uh, maybe. Maybe late, but probably this the decision. Um, we got we get through the rest of the fights here. There's another title fight on as well, which I'll get to in a second. But a couple of heavyweight fights: Arik Jakuski, who's um, uh, taking on Bogdan Stoicha, two very very good kickboxers. Uh, Arik is a former glory kickboxer. He beat Batter Harry. Um, absolutely 
is all about the fighting. Uh, goes for a massive crowd behind them, apparently. Uh, Stoika has uh, taken on Adesanya in the past. He will stand as well. Um, and someone's getting knocked out here. <laughs> Simple enough and that big everywhere. Fighting. There's a middleweight fight in between the aforementioned Michel Materla, a guy who's been around KSW for years upon years upon years. Really good on the ground, but will throw big shots as well. 12 wins. Uh, I think he's second most finishes in KSW history behind Halidov. Um... You know, watching I watched him versus Askham today, and when you see a guy with the ability to have a power takedown like he had against Askham, you kind of think to yourself sometimes, why doesn't he use it a little bit more? And uh, his opponent, Radek uh, Pachuski, he's a really good kickboxer. He trains with um, uh, he trains with um, with Arik uh, Vishek, who I mentioned there um, a minute ago with big power as well you're ringing about Materla here like take the fight to the ground you know you got knocked out a couple of, of fights ago against Pudzianowski take him down and beat him on the ground will he do that probably should he do it probably should he will he do it probably not so you might have to go for Radic this one but I think the KSW fans will be uh, will all be behind Materla going into uh, going into that one then we have the bantamweight title uh, Jacob uh, Vishwatch uh, against uh, Wellerson Martins. Uh, Martins uh, is a finisher, very good submissions, heavy kickboxing. Um, uh, a guy who will, again, be in the fight for a long, long time. And I think, actually, they're both very sort of similar. Um, uh, Vikwach is a very good submission artist, um, but his striking has improved. Watching his fights, I think he's become like a really... And I, I watch... Um, as uh, the name pronunciation is just tremendous. He found twice, I think. The first fight and the second fight, the change between them, uh, his boxing was massive. Like, he and and he, I should say he's striking because he's become a boxing orientated fighter, I think. And it's not the best boxing in the world, but it's defensively good. And then he throws his jab, he throws his straight behind it, he throws his combinations, it's not bad. Like, he will pull guard sometimes, or at least um, <laughs> at least put himself in a position that it kind of looks like he's pulling guard. He's very tricky on the ground. You know, he's one of those lads that kind of, uh, you take him down, or he kind of half pulls guard. He lands on, like, one hip, and you're thinking, okay, maybe he's trying to get back up, or, you know, maybe I can get into the guard here. And next thing, he's jumping kind of on a leg, and he's pulling you into his guard. And next thing you're getting fucking trangled or something like that. He is he's very, very tricky. Very, very tricky. And I think Wellerson is is similar. Um, I, I just hope this fight hit the ground. Because if it's a stand-up match, it might be the best. Um, I haven't seen much tape. Honestly, I couldn't find much tape of Martin. So I've seen a bit of his striking. Um, and he looks, you know, he looks like a powerful guy. Um... And I'll probably give him the advantage on the feet, but haven't said. I'll say it again. I haven't seen loads of his, uh, of him. Um, but I, I'm gonna go for uh, for Vikwatch here, and I think he might get the submission. I think he might get the submission. Uh, right, let's run through the last couple of fights here. There is um, uh, a, a very good fight, and uh, it's, a, it's a it's a rematch, I believe, isn't it, between Roman Skiminski um, and uh, Valerie Mircha Skiminski won the first fight Very durable fighter Very tough Good wrestling Heavy striking um, You know Likes to go to decision But has a four knockouts Four submissions uh, Mircha All action He'll knock you out Get knocked out himself Or submit you 
you know, likes the strike. I think this will probably be... I think it'll probably turn into a strike matchup because if Skaminski does take him down, those submissions from Mircha on the ground, we'll see. We'll see. It was a corner retirement, first time out. Uh, I'll probably give Skaminski the edge here just going into this one uh, again. Uh, and the last few fights was a featherweight fight uh, between uh, Daniel Ruchowski and Adam Soldiev. Um Soldiev is a big prospect out of WCN Warsaw, one of the best gyms out there. Uh, Ruchowski is the Polish champion, Greco-Roman wrestler. Um... With apparently very good boxing, kickboxing, uh, former champion in FEN and Babylon, so you know seven knockouts there. Interesting fight, and uh, you know by the by the looks of it, Rakowski could be the one there. And then there's a few kind of the the hometown draws on it. Uh, Magic Kazieczko, pronounced brilliantly, who is a kickboxer but has good wrestling against Leo Brikta, uh, who's a finisher. Um, five knockouts, four submissions, very good wrestling, very good back takes. And in the heavyweight fight to, to kick it all off, Magic Govatsky, a two-time WBO cruiserweight boxing champion, making his MMA debut. And he's taken on a bare-knuckle boxing champion with Grumda called Patrick Tokachevsky. So we'll see a bit of boxing in that one. All right, everyone, uh, who will I go for? I'll go for uh, Magic in that one. I'll go for Leon the one before. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right, I will leave it there. As I said, if you aren't tuning into this, I believe it's on KSW TV uh, around the world. It might be in somewhere else. Check your local listings. I think that's what they say. But uh, a very, very good card. I cannot wait to uh, to tune in and watch it. And it's an occasion. And you know, in MMA, we don't have we don't have a lot of those occasions. So it's great to have one like this and to uh, to be there to watch it. All right, everyone. I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com, and I'll see you all next time.